0: Good morning. morning. Believe it or not, public health lockdowns and restrictions can have their benefits. Some of you are thinking, what are those? Well, I've done some research, and it says that the pandemic and the lockdowns have been a great time for home renovations. They say about 90% of homeowners have done some sort of do-it-yourself renovation in their house, and 78% of those who are renting have done some sort of renovation in their house. When lockdowns come, when pandemics come, we say, what can we do inside, not just to keep us sane, but to actually improve the way that we live? But this is very different from what King David was thinking in today's first reading. God had given him rest on all of his sides regarding his enemy, and he thinks to himself, and he says, Here, I'm living in a house of cedar. It's kind of like a palace, right? Whereas the ark of God dwells in a tent. See, he's concerned about God's dwelling. Where is God in his presence dwelling? And he wanted to build a house for God. Now, of course, Nathan the prophet gives him permission to build the house. He says, Yes, do whatever you will. And we know that this is something that David really wanted to do, but but God turns it back on him and says, You want to build me a house? This is what I want to promise to you. I want to make a house of you. I want to promise to you my faithfulness. He says, I'm going to make you famous. When you die, I will raise up an ancestor after you and make his kingdom firm. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Now, we know that David's son was the one that built the house of of the temple. We know that Solomon's temple was one of the glories of the ancient world. It was the place that Israel made sacrifice to God. It was the place where Israel gathered. It was one of the most central aspects of their entire life because it housed the very anointing and presence of God. But we also know that it is in the person of Jesus, who is the son of David, the king of kings, the lord of lords, that God fulfills these promises. He is the king whose kingdom will have no end, and most specifically, especially as we approach Christmas, he is the presence of God among us. He is the anointed one. He is the one who is God with us, Emmanuel. That is precisely what the mystery of Christmas is. Jesus comes into time and he fulfills the very promises that God made to David. And it's important for us To remember how powerful this is. And it's not just something that we look back into history and say, Well, God fulfilled these promises in history. Yes, 2,000 years ago, God dwelt among us. He walked among us. And then, therefore, we're just looking from afar. That is not what Christianity teaches. The good news of Christianity is that God's presence among us is applied to us and fulfilled in us at baptism. That is precisely in our own baptism we are immersed in the very life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the anointing of God that was upon the temple comes upon us and rids us of our sin and makes us his temple. God dwells in us. So in a very profound way, we are the the dwelling place, the temple of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit. And this is so real... That when we, begin, when we begin to believe it and live out of this, we have the capacity of bringing his presence to the world. Now as Christians, I want to offer the simple fact that we need to receive this over and over again. This is it's not enough just at our baptism to say, oh, I believe this, I've grown up into this. We need to continually receive it because it is possible for us to reject the habitation of God in our life. It is, impossible, it is possible to crowd him out and to not receive his life. And so we need to be very careful. And so I want to offer to all of us a little spiritual formula. I was a math major, and I sometimes think that formulas can help us understand the relationship between ideas and truths so that we can stay focused in our life. And this is a little spiritual formula that I really believe is very powerful that runs throughout all of the New Testament, and it runs throughout the Christian life. You ready for it? It's this. Mary plus the Holy Spirit equals Jesus living inside of us. Mary plus the Holy Spirit equals Jesus living inside of us. The dispositions of Our Lady plus the power of the Holy Spirit makes it possible where Jesus begins to live in us and through us, begins to transform us. Let me show you how that looks in Mary's life. So in today's gospel, we hear this Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel comes to Our Lady, right? And the angel is speaking the promises of God. This is what God is going to do. This is his promises. Notice how Mary didn't doubt the promises. She asked, like, I don't know how this is going to happen, right? I don't know a man. I don't know how this is going to happen, but she doesn't doubt it. All right, so the promises of God are presented to her, she believes them, and at the end of this believing and hear, right, hearing that the Holy Spirit is going to make this possible, what does she do? She says, be it done to me according to thy word. Whatever you want, I'm totally willing to do. She does not understand what this is going to take from her. She doesn't understand the suffering that she's going to go through. She doesn't understand how this is going to happen, but she says, whatever you want, I'm there. That is surrender. And we know what happens is that the, the power of the Most High, of the Holy Spirit, overshadows her in a similar way that it overshadowed the temple. It overshadows her, and inside of her she conceives Jesus. She becomes a holy temple of God. So the dispositions of Mary, faith, surrender, and the power of the Holy Spirit equals Jesus being conceived in her so that she can bring Jesus to the world. And this is precisely what happens to the church. The church, hearing the word of God, believes the word of God, they surrender to Jesus, they surrender to God and his word, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them at Pentecost, and they become the very living tabernacle of God throughout history. And this happens over and over again in the lives of individual Christians and saints. And so my encouragement is that if you're baptized, you're already a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized, I want to invite you to become baptized so God can dwell with you, so that Christmas means something to you even a deeper way. But if you're baptized and you're, you're not aware of God dwelling in you and through you, then it's, it's an invitation to renew your commitment to God, to renew your faith, to renew your surrender, and to renew the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that this can become real to you. So I just want to offer that formula again. Mary plus the Holy Spirit equals Jesus living inside of you. So Mary, the dispositions of faith, she believes in the promises of God. So I'm talking here about the promise that God is dwelling in us. So if you're experiencing doubt fear, confusion, you're, you're, you're filled with some sort of anxiety or hopelessness, make acts of faith in what God has already done for you. I believe, Lord, that you are with me. I believe that you're inside of me. I believe that I am your holy temple and that you will never leave me because of the promises you made to Jesus. I believe that you are with me. Those acts of faith are incredibly powerful because you're coming into agreement with what God has already done for you. And as a result of that, the immediate thing you want to do is say, be it done unto me according to your word. And that's very simple. And that means I'm choosing to allow you to have your way in my life. One of the reasons why we don't see God working in our life is because we don't let him. Because we don't surrender. So believe in the promise that God is with you, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that he's dwelling among you. Then say, Lord, whatever you want And then finally, with the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, renew your spirit in me. Make real the grace you gave to me at my baptism. Help me to know that I know that you are here with me and that you have conquered death in me, that I have nothing to be afraid of. Come, Holy Spirit, This is one of the reasons why when it comes to evangelization and it comes to renewal of of our faith, it's critically important to ask the Holy Spirit to come because none of this is possible without the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes in power, he changes us. And so my brothers and sisters, I have good news. God is happy to dwell in you. In fact, that's the reason why he took your sin upon himself. That's the reason why he suffered on the cross, why he rose from the dead, is so that he can dwell in you and with you and you can be with him forever. Those are the promises he made to Jesus and therefore he makes to us who have been baptized into his very life. And so my prayer is that every time you look at your, your new house renovation, or maybe every time you look at your own house, that you are reminded that God has made you his house. He has made you a dwelling place of the Spirit. That as you praise and thank God, you might remember that no matter what happens to my house in this life, no matter what happens to my possessions, I have a house and a possession of God dwelling in me that cannot be destroyed by death. It cannot be destroyed by an economic downturn. It cannot be destroyed by a societal collapse. And it certainly cannot be destroyed by a virus. That God, the living God, dwells in me And he has conquered death. And he has given me this invitation to know that he is Emmanuel and he will never leave me. My brothers and sisters, if we believe that, there is nothing that can cause us to be sad. And at Christmas, we will rejoice that our king is with us forever.